Regal Paint and Design Center is a full-service interior design studio in Vero Beach that offers professional consultation with your color, paint, or design needs. What's hot? Designer wallpaper, and we have it. We're open Monday through Saturday. For your $25 gift card, please refer to our full page in Vero's Voice magazine. Come and see us at 1800 U.S. Highway 1, right next to Joey's Seafood Shack, or call us at 772-257-7366. We're the new Benjamin Moore dealer in Vero Beach, Regal Paint and Design Center. Call 772-257-7366. Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. And it is so great to be back on the air. Last week, I had to do a best-of show, which was great because you got to hear Patricia Knoll again because she's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite guests. Um, I was dealing with pneumonia, and this is my first time out of the house in 12 days. Um, And now my producer, Shane, is sick, so please join me in telling Shane, get better soon. (laughs) We need you at 100% functioning. Um, It's, you know, it's really interesting when you get sick and you can't do the things that you normally do. And you have momentum on some projects you're working on, and then literally everything stops dead. What do you do with that? And I'm going to be writing some blog posts about, you know, like what happened while I was sick and the thoughts that went through my head in my fever-induced brain. And what I've learned is while I was sick, I had to ask myself some really tough questions. Do I push through or do I give my body time to heal? And what I realized was I needed to give my body time to heal. And I'm so glad I did because I can be here with you today. And talk to you with my guest that I recently reconnected with. Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and um, she's just this really, really cool person who invented a science called pneumology. She's recognized internationally as a name expert, and she can determine one's strengths, challenges, and the purposes of one's life by deciphering a person's name. She created pneumology, which is the study of the placement of letters in a name, after 15 years of research, followed by three years of testing her theories, get this, in over 70 countries. She wanted to see if her methodology held true in different languages, and it does. And the greatest gift that she's learned from developing pneumology was that all people are one. Our basic desires remain the same regardless of where we live or what culture we're experiencing. Today, she assists the HR departments of different businesses in narrowing down the candidates to be interviewed, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, assists lawyers in how to present cases to judges, and couples and families on how to better communicate with each other. She creates new names for businesses and products. She's a frequent guest on radio and television. And, you know, she's so cool. The first time we ever met was when we were both at the Author 101 conference, and she talked about how the name of my book, What Would a Wise Woman Do? Questions to Ask Along the Way, was such a powerful name for a book. And Shane, do we have her on the air? Okay, great. She was calling in from on the road, so I just wanted to make sure that we've actually got her on the air in the studio. So please welcome Sharon Lynn Wyeth to the show. It's wonderful to be here, Laura. And yes, I had to pull myself away from the Mardi Gras parade. 
I'm in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, that had to be so hard. Fat Tuesday in New Orleans. Wow, that's pretty insane. Yeah, it's really fun. You know, and so as all the, the different things are going down the street and the, the noise and the everything, and I had just looked at the clock and went, oh, I need to go to where my quiet place is. <laughs> yeah, and that's not that easy to find in New Orleans right now, a quiet place. You know, no, not anywhere near the parade. <laughs> Now, now the first time we met, you had written your book, Know the Name, Know the Person, Decoding Letters to Reveal Secrets Hidden in Names. And you have a sequel book to that out, which I think is just so cool. Know the Name, Know the Spirit, Discover Your Contract with God in Your Name. And, you know, you've, you've taken this science to a whole new level that you've created. How did you start looking at this? Well, it came in my seventh year of teaching school. I was um, 26 years old, and I was doing the seating charts for everybody. You know, when you get the new names, 150 kids in five different classes. And I started putting the names down. And normally you put them down randomly because you just want to have some kind of seating chart. And this time, as I was putting the names down, my brain was saying, oh, don't put Joshua next to Julie because together they're going to be clowns. And Stephanie's going to be stubborn, and she's going to not want to change seats all year, so put her over here on the side, and Derek's going to need extra help in math, and so put him up close where you can watch him faster. And Anyway, when I was doing about the fourth class, I realized that I don't know these kids, and I'm, yet I'm doing seating charts like I do once I know the kids really well, because a good teacher always has an effective seating plan so that everybody feels safe and it's more conducive for learning. And so... You know, when I got over the guilt of saying, oh, my gosh, I'm thinking I know something about somebody when I don't even have any, you know, haven't even met them, I said, okay, if I'm going to write down everything I'm seeing or everything I'm feeling in these names, and let's see what happens. So I put it away for three months, and at winter break, I got it out. And my reaction was, OMG, this is so accurate. So my brain is thoroughly trained in patterns, being a math major and having my master's. And so... I looked at that and I said, okay, my brain has picked up a pattern. How do I make this conscious? And then I just started with a list. There was a prolifera of Davids in my life, and I made a list. You know, David Landis, David Shipping, David Zimmerman, David Chronic, all my Davids. And then I said, what have I observed about this one? What have I observed about this one? And I just made these huge lists. And then I said, okay, what's in common to all of them? That has to be in the name David. What's not in common has to be middle or last name. So that's how I started. I just became the master of list making. And after a while, besides breaking it down to full names, I would break it down to the letter and the letter position of the name. And then I started realizing other things, like the first letter of the first name is our first impression of somebody. And the last letter of the first name is our lasting impression or the first thing we say about somebody behind their back. And the first vowel in the first name is our communication style and our learning style and what kind of gifts we like. And the middle letters in a name represent the hidden qualities that we have to be around a person more to be able to see and actually get to know. So, I mean, a lot of discoveries came simply from doing thousands of interviews with different people, asking a ton of questions, getting the system all together to work, and then reading thousands of names now over the years. How did, excuse me, how did you break it down to that depth of things of 
like this letter is what you're what you typically say about somebody behind their back or I or just, things like that. After you've done thousands of readings, you start to see patterns and you start to when you're listening to people talking, they'll say they'll say something about somebody and you'll say, "Huh, where's that in the name?" And then I start realizing, "Oh, look, what people talk about behind people's backs is always falling in the last letter of the name." That's the first thing we say. So, for an example, Laura, your name ends in an A, and there's a lot of people out there that end in an A. In fact, if you go on a cruise ship, almost all the wait staff, ends, their name ends in A or Y, something else I've noticed. Well, A's and Y's are the easiest people to get along with. And so, behind your back, they're going to say, oh, Laura, so easy to like. She's I'd so rather, rather that than something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the difference... There's subtle differences. Like I said, the names will end in a Y or an A if they're easy to like. The Ys are chameleons, and they can get along with anybody, okay? And so everybody likes a name that ends in a Y, and that's why so many parents nickname their kids from William to Bill or Billy, you know, and they put the Y on, you know, a lot of different names because it really says, now this child wants to please me and makes them more likable. Now, the A are people who they've made themselves likable because they think it's important, but they're not going to change who they are and able to get liked, where a Y will adapt and change and able to please. Oh, that's fascinating. That's absolutely fascinating. Here's why that's fascinating to me, because I know when I was a little kid, I was more apt to be a chameleon, even as an adult later on when I was trying to work with clients or um, now ex-husbands or guys I was dating. And as I've gotten more comfortable in my own skin, I don't. I'm like, you know what? I'm willing to go so far to work with you on something, but this is who I am. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's something that the people whose first name ends in an A, they come to that realization somewhere. And then it's like, hey, if you don't like me, the problem's with you. Unlikable, <laughs> and you hopefully, know? hopefully, you've done behaviors that show you are likable, and you're not a mean person. Because I, well, it's so rare that there's something else in the name that would counterbalance that. It is really rare. I mean, I see it occasionally, but it's so rare. So, most people who names end in an A or a Y are just easy to get along with, and that's why when you go on cruise ships. They want you to have a good time. They want you to interact with the staff, but the staff they have you interacting with, almost all of them, um, the last couple of cruise ships I've been on, was like 90% of the wait staff, their names end in an A or a Y. So does your name sort of determine what career you're going to have? It can, because the name gives you your strengths and your weaknesses. And they're not really weaknesses. They're just challenges. It's something that you came to learn. All right? So if your name says, hey, I'm really good at, at X, Y, and Z, then what professions use those qualities? And so you'll probably go into one of those professions so you can shine. For an example, um, a lot of people named Linda will go into some kind of management or pharmaceuticals or healthcare or it's like something around that. So like a lot of Lindas will end up managing um, assisted living homes or uh, being pharmaceuticals in something, in some respect, 
or some kind of service related to health. And does that mean every lender does? The answer is no, but a lot of them do. And, of course, the last name represents your environment. And so your family is your last name, and that's who's impressing upon you as a child and helping to guide you and form you one way or another. But it just seems to me that there's a prolifera of Lindas that are either in management or in healthcare services somehow. And I, I happen to know a number of Lindas, and that's really what they're doing. That's fat. <clears throat> so fascinating. I mean, I love your book. I think your book is, is fantastic. I haven't read your second one yet about Know Your Name, Know the Spirit, <clears throat> but I read your first one after we had initially met, and it was fantastic. Now, you talk about last name is your environment. Everybody who's listened to the show knows that I got divorced in 2014, and I decided to take back my maiden name. And I actually talked to a numerologist. I should have called you when I was trying to decide this, but somebody came into my life and I'm like, Hey, I'm thinking about changing my name back. Should I go with my middle name and my last name? Should I keep the Atchison? And I opted to go legally back to Laura Ann Stewart. Um, so what happens for somebody, a woman, if she's planning on changing her name? I get a lot of consultations for that. I love those. Because I like to just give a ton of information and then let the person decide what they want to do. You know, I'm not around to make decisions for anybody. And so, for example, on your name, the Atchison literally says, I have to leave this marriage and able to find myself again because I will have changed and adapted so much while I'm in this marriage that I will have forgotten who I am. So I'll need to leave and able to find me again. Had you kept and and you're going to do it the hard way. So... It, had you kept Atchison, you would have stayed more of who he wanted you to be versus who you want to be. So it was a great thing to go ahead and ditch that name. Okay? Going back to Stuart, this is the influence from your parents. And literally, when somebody takes on a new last name, you're literally saying, my environment has changed and who influences me the most has changed. And what kind of people I bring into my world has now changed. Because the last name is your environment, so that means all the people around who you're attracting also changes that comes into your world. So going back, you're saying, this is my comfort zone. This is what I got used to, and these were the kind of people that I liked bringing into my world. Now, notice that Stuart has that W for your wise woman, and that W is always standing for wisdom. You want to bring smart people into your world. Now, different letters can mean the same thing. So like a J, an S, and a W is all intelligence, that it's really important to those people to keep learning. It doesn't mean that nobody else is smart. Okay. Hey, Sharon, we need to go to a commercial break. We'll be right back. Sharon, before the break, you were going over last names and letters. Let's pick up from there. We were talking about different ways of getting the same result. And so we were talking about the J, the S, and the W. So the J says, I'm intuitively smart and I'm absolutely brilliant and I need to follow my own lead. I can take input from others, but I've got to take the path less less traveled by and learn to trust my own leadership. But I've got to keep learning and it's innate within me. The S says, I'm school smart. I can learn anything once somebody shows me. And while I'm learning, I want that person right there next to me. But the minute I've caught on and I've got it, it's like, go away, leave me alone, I got it. Don't overdrill me. Don't micromanage me. And they want to keep learning. 
And the W, like in wise women, it stands for wisdom. And that means that you're learning through experiences. You don't like to make the same mistake twice. You'd rather make brand new delicious mistakes because repeating the same one is just boring. And so all three letters, J, S, and W, find constant learning highly important, and yet they all go about it differently. And that's what the letters do. There's always two or three ways that represent the same quality or characteristic. They just go about it differently. Are there things in your name that perhaps reveal things that I don't really want others to know about me? Probably. But once somebody knows your name and they know nameology science, there are no secrets. Is that why some people change their name? Um, you can hide or try to hide, but again, within seven years of having a new name, there are no secrets. You have become that person. You have gone ahead and morphed. And it's kind of like an hourglass. And as the sand ticks in an hourglass over time, over that seven-year time period, you're morphing into the personality now of the new name. Now, your contract with God and what you're here for and what's your purpose and what you came to share and what you came to learn never changes because that's locked into your birth name. But the personality grows and adapts, and that's in whatever name you're going by. Can there be a disconnect between the name you were born into and the name you've taken on that can really cause some major disruptions in your life? And, and you know, I... The answer is yes. What I have found the majority of the times is when people change their names, it's like they're changing how they go about something. It's kind of like changing a J or an S or a W to a different one of that same grouping. You know, and if you look at the name, you're saying, oh, now you're doing the same lessons, but you're coming at it from this angle, a different angle. Occasionally, though, I will see names, and it's really not that often, where they're so off path. It's like, who did you want to become because you just ditched while you're here and then how purposeful is that life going to be? But if you bring it to consciousness that this is what I came to do, then consciously you go about it without the support of the name that reinforces it as you're going forward. Well, what if you totally hate the name you're born with? I happen to know growing up somebody I went to grammar school with, um, by the time he got to college, he legally changed his first name because he so hated his first name. You know, I always think that once the soul gets here and they have this divine plan that's all been worked out for them and then they're born and then they start living life and then they go, oh, crap, I made a mistake. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, I've changed my mind now that I've gotten here and see what it's really like. And I think that's when they hate their name because in their name is why they're here. And they're saying, oh, man, I don't want to do that anymore. I've now changed my mind. And so with that, I always like to explain to somebody this is what your name says, and this is what you came to learn, and this is what you came to share. How are you going to incorporate that if it's not being supported in the new name? Now, you've got to do it consciously. And it's okay to change the name. You need to be happy with your name. Your name represents how you present yourself to the outside world, but your contract remains the same even if you hated that name. So basically you're saying you can't run away from who you are. You can't run away from why you're here. Okay. All right. You so know, personalities change. Just like we change our clothes, a lot of people will change their personality or they'll try on something new. Um, something that I did that I don't usually share, but when I went to my master's classes, and 
it was away from where I was living, and I really had to drive far to get there. Every class that I was in, I used a different name. I'd say, this is my name, but I go by, and I used a different name because I was trying out different names, literally trying out different names. And so, you know, the number of classes I had to take, I was called different names all the time. And it was really interesting when somebody would see me in the parking lot or something and yell a name. If I didn't react, it was like, oh, yeah, that's one of the names I'm, I'm trying out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, well. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, you're, that, that's me. That's who you're talking to. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, yeah. I, I get that. All right, so we're going to go into our news break. Can you? I'd like you to share with our listeners a question that they need to be asking themselves during the during this news break. And for those what? who are listening on the podcast, this is going to be a really short break, so hit the pause button after we finish talking for a moment to give yourself time to ask the question. What part of you would you not want to change regardless of who said what? Okay, say that one more time. What part of you do you not want to change regardless of what happens in your life and who says what to you? But that part you're not going to change. Oh, that's a fascinating question. So it's sort of a, what part of you do you really love? Yeah, it is. I love that. That's such a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, often we look at things like, what don't we like about ourselves? Right? What, What do we want to change? And here you're asking us to think about what is it do we love about ourselves? What is it that no matter what, we don't want to change? Right, because that's the core of who we are, and that is the core that will show up in your birth name. Hmm. That will be your umbrella that's in the birth name and says, I came to learn this major thing, and then all the rest of my name is telling me all the different ways I can go about learning it. All right. Well, so as we go what in... what part of you do you want to keep? So what part of you do you want to keep? And grab... Sharon's book, name, Know the Name, Know the Person, Decoding Letters to Reveal Secrets Hidden in Names, or Know the Name, Know the Spirit, Discover Your Contract with God in Your Name. We're talking to international name expert Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and we'll be right back after this commercial break to talk more about what your name means. And we're also going to discover questions you can ask to start a conversation with someone. We'll be right back with Sharon Lynn Wyeth. For those of you who are listening to me live on the air on the radio um, and have just come back from the news break, she is an internationally recognized name expert, a friend, and just a really, really cool person that everybody should know and should get her books. Know your know the name, know the person, know the name, know the spirit. Um, Sharon, so before the break, you had everybody ask themselves the question um, of what is it about yourself that you want to keep, that you love? Why that question? Because that's the core of you. That's the piece of your strength. That's what you came to share with everybody else. That's the piece of you that the world can use more of. And the people that you attract to you want to know what that piece looks like so they can copy it. All right. That's your gift. That's your main overriding gift is that part of you that under no circumstances are you going to change. That's your connection to God. All right, so talk about the second book, which is really all about a contract with God. How did you discover that part? And what can people listening to the show, my listeners, who who love this stuff, that's why I have it on the show, they love to learn and 
and expand and, and shift into more light, I guess is the best way to describe it. What can they begin thinking about with their names around that part? Well, how I got there was, first you have to know that I started meditating on a daily basis starting on my 18th birthday. That every year on my birthday, I give myself a gift. It's either I want to become more compassionate, that was one year's gift. I, you know, whatever I want to choose to do, and that is my focus for the year, to do my best at making me a more worldly person and come more into oneness. And so when I was 18, I said, I'm going to start meditating because that way you get that connection with source. Okay? So after I meditated 16 to 18 years, because between 16 and 18, it was kind of random. But after 18, it's like a solid connection And after 18 years of meditation. And so I want to say that the second book came from insights that I was given in my dreams at night, and usually at 4 o'clock in the morning, I would wake up and have these ideas, and I give spirit all the credit, and I would write down what they were. So the second book is... I started noticing it in people when I was doing readings on the parts that I was given at night that people said, yes, that applies, or yes, they can understand that. So I kept getting up for years in the middle of the night and writing whatever came to me, and it turned into the book, Know the Name, Know the Spirit, and it's what the soul wants that's in your name. And then also in the book is, how do I accomplish that? What if my personality wants me to go left and my soul wants me to go right? What do I do? How do I compromise? How do I please both? And so there's a lot of insights in that book, and there's philosophy in that book at the start of every chapter, that this became my understanding of how this works. All right. So, good. So I was just going to say, so when I do a name reading anymore, I literally ask, you know, do you want me to go to the spiritual side also, or do you want me to just talk about the personality? All right. You you mentioned while you were just talking about the disconnect. How does mm-hmm. somebody <clears throat> who's listening to to the show right now, who's listening to us, they know there's a disconnect. They feel that there's something off. What can they do to start aligning that? If you know where you want to go and the personality is taking you in a different place, what my first suggestion would be, Write down where you want to go and who you want to be and give yourself signs. I always write with magic markers on my mirror because you can erase it and use it like a chalkboard. That's a great idea, actually. It's better than lipstick that we used to do, right? Right, absolutely. Less expensive, (laughs) too. I put it on the mirrors in the house as a constant reminder. Just like, and I started that when I was like 12 and 13 because I never smiled and I thought I was reading Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, and his second chapter is The Importance of Smiling, and so I wrote Smile Everywhere. So I've kept that habit. You know, anything I want to change, I write myself reminders everywhere to keep it focus-conscious. This is who I choose to be. This is where I'm being pulled or drawn to be. And then I watch when my personality is taking me in a different direction, and then I ask myself, why was that important? What did I want to gain or what? how did I want to feel that I was allowing myself to go off task with the personality? What did I need that I wasn't getting? And so I would sit there and literally analyze things. 
And then when you analyze, what is it that this behavior is gaining for me? What am I getting out of this? What am I needing? How can I get that same need met when I'm going in this other direction over here? How do I satisfy that bottom need? But if they don't change their name, can they change those things? Or are they just sort of forcing it? Yeah, absolutely. And the reason being is what normally happens is where you want to go are the positive attributes of that letter in that position, and where your personality is taking you is the challenging aspects of that letter in that position. So you can sort of overcome your name? Yes. It's like a guidepost. It's saying, what aspects of your name do you want to exhibit? Because all names have gifts, all names have challenges. Every letter has gifts attached. Every letter in their placement has challenges attached. Which ones do you want to exhibit? And as you learn to go from the challenge to the gift side, your life actually becomes so much more joyful and easy. And as we get stuck in the challenge side, life is difficult. Okay. All right. I'm I'm working with this right now. And I thought that was a great uh, tweetable moment, by the way. Move from the challenge side to the gift side. Love that. That is a great tweet. Move from the challenge side to the gift side. How can you do that, everybody? I want you to start thinking about that. Um, All right. So, Sharon, you – I love this. This is something that you do that I think is really, really cool. You often just randomly start conversations with people, and you – enter those conversations based on their name. Well, what's really cool is the minute you meet somebody and they say their name, you're off and running. And I always suggest to people when they're first learning namology because they don't compute it as fast as I do, I always say, ask the person to spell their name. And as they're spelling it, you go, here's the main quality of that and the main quality of that. And you get this real picture or a sense of who this person is. So, the first vowel and the first name is really important because that's where our communication styles land. So how I start, because I used to be really shy, which nobody would believe today. No, I, I never would get that. <laughs> <laughs> but I went through this real shy period and so uh, after I got out of college. And so what I had to learn was reteach myself how to be comfortable um, with strangers. And I'm in a lot of situations where I don't know anybody. And I would start showing up to places where I wouldn't know anybody, literally to get myself out of my self-imposed shyness. And so what I learned were my six questions that I would ask people, only six, and you can start any conversation, and they'll talk more than you need to talk. So it's okay. You just become a good listener. And then they think they had this wonderful conversation with you because you listened well. Okay, so let's go and start with a okay. couple of questions. We've got two minutes before the the next break. Let's do a couple okay, of them. Okay, so if the first vowel is an A, okay, like in your name, like in my name, okay, first vowel of an A, it doesn't matter what position it's in. It could be the first letter of the name, the second letter of the name, the third letter of the name, but the first vowel that shows up has to be an A. And that means these people love books. They love to read. They're the ones that keep the bookstores in order. You know, that, that's why they still exist. So you go up to them and you say, you know, I just finished my last book. Have you been reading anything interesting lately so that you would recommend? Oh, I love that. Okay. And that totally and suits course, me and you, too, because we love it to yeah. read. Okay, let's, let's do another question before the, the Okay, break. so A-E. So let's say you're going up to somebody with an E. 
And now the E's love touch. They love physicality. They come from the heart. They know where all the best beauty parlors are, the massage parlors, the the artwork, <laughs> the museums. Okay. And you simply say, I'm new to this area. Could you recommend a place like a really nice museum where I could go and see some artwork or a place also where I can get a massage? That's all you have to say. Okay. And and one more? Okay. So A-E-I. So eyes are all about family. And so everything in the world is really important about family. And so you ask a question about family. So if it's the first person with an eye, you say, do you have a large family? Do they live near you? That's all you have to say. They're off and running. They give you everybody's history in the whole family. All right. I love this. All right. So everybody going into this commercial break, what I'd like you to think about, question I'd like you to ask is your closest friend, or actually better yet, somebody you want to do business with, what's the first vowel in their name and what question you're going to ask them next time you see them or in an email. We'll be right back with more from Sharon Lynn Wyeth. There is never enough time on this show. <laughs> All right, so we did three questions, Sharon. Give us um, the the next three, because you said there are six questions people can ask to start yes. a conversation. So if the first vowel is an O, those people like to tell other people what to do, and they like to be the boss, and they like to be useful. So you can ask them if they would mind helping you with something. They want to be able to give knowledge. So think about what do you want to learn? What are you currently working on? And go and ask them and say, do you have any ideas how I could do XYZ better? I'm working on XYZ and I'd really like your input because they love to share their knowledge and they're usually very knowledgeable. Okay, great. So then the next vowel is a U. U's love to have fun. So you go up to a U and they love laughter and they have a great, usually great sense of humor and you say, you know, have you heard a good uh, a good joke lately? Because I could really use a laugh right now. And they will tell you joke after joke after joke or a funny story or something interesting. Or you can start and say, oh, you remind me of this story and have this one story that you know. And then say, do you know anything like that? Okay. Or you could ask, is there any good theater or play or where do you go for entertainment in the city? They will always know. All right. And, and the, the last vowel is a Y, and those people like things that are very unique and very different. And so you ask them and you say, what took you a long time to discover about this area that, you, that you're living in that most tourists would miss if they came to this city? What would I want to see or what would I want to do? They'll always know. All right. Now, these, I know all this stuff is in your book. Um, and people have been emailing me saying, hey, can you have Sharon tell us how to get in touch with her and her website? So why don't you share your website and contact information? And I know you've put a special price on the book for my listeners. Yes, I did. And so this entire week, um, you get a discounted rate if you order the book through the website. So it's knowthename.com, which is the first half of each of the book titles. And then when you, you're driving right now, and if you don't have a place to write it down, and you go, oh, I need to remember the name. I need to know the name. Oh, yeah, that's it. Knowthename.com. <laughs> I love that. And for those listening on the podcast, obviously, you can just Google it right now while you're listening, unless you happen to be listening to the podcast in the car, like I know so many of you do on your commutes. All right, so know, knowthename.com. And you also have an app. Yes, and it does your first name for you. And it gives you a lot of details about the first name. 
I haven't been able to figure out how to do an app that could drop the first name into the last name because it's really complicated and that part. And so, but it does give you the generic qualities that you have without your environmental influence if you just do your first name. And you can click on that too while you're on the website. And my contact info is all on the website. So if somebody wanted to get a session with you for their own name or perhaps helping them with situations that are going on in their business or their their life, uh, they can do that as well and get that off of your website? Everything's on the website. Just go to contact. Perfect. It's all there. We tried to make it as user-friendly as possible. All right. Awesome. All right. Here's a question that I've been wanting to ask you. Names. Is there a way of knowing who it is safe or dangerous to be around based on their name? Absolutely. There's different combinations in names that literally say, I'm not honest with money, or I'm a liar and a thief, or I'm pathological liar, um, or I'm a perpetrator. There's different combinations in names that literally say, warning, warning, I'm not safe. Warning, danger, Will Robinson. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm showing my age. And so, and so when I encounter those letters, combinations, and a name, I'm always polite, but I get out of the situation as fast as possible. Okay, and let's share those. Okay, so the other thing that's interesting as you're going through and you're learning the combinations, like if, if you're sitting next to somebody you like, you may act one way. And if you're sitting next to somebody you don't like at all, you could act a different way. And so you learn when the letters sit next to each other, the influence of those two letters together. And those are patterns, okay, or or groupings. And so you will learn as you go through the book, you'll learn what your name is saying about you, and then you'll realize why there's certain names that are particular to you that you don't like the people that you've met with that name. So it's in combination with your name that that doesn't work as well. Well, you've got... Some that are absolutely universal, okay. like a pathological liar and certain ones, you know, if they're a thief around money but not anything else. And you've got a few of those. And then you learn, according to my name, what irks me or what isn't safe for me are these combinations. And you learn those combinations and what they mean so that, like, the ones that bother you might be totally different than the ones that bother me. All right. You said that there's the universal ones of not good with money, pathological liar. What kind of combinations are we talking about like that? Okay. So one of them that I notice right away in a name that always sticks up for me is if they have three L's throughout their name. You use the first, middle, and last. And if they have three L's in their name or more. And that means that they are either the victim or the perpetrator of violence, or they could be both. And so then you look at the other letters to see what side of the fence are you playing on or are you playing on both? Well, you know, I just find this so fascinating. I I love research. I love data. And I know you were a math major. You you taught math. You did all those things. But to take this and see this, do you feel that that is your gift? I feel that if you look at my birth name, my entire birth name, first of all, the name ends in an N those people pay attention to the details and they can drive you nuts with the minutiae. And my birth name, if you look at Sharon, 
it ends in an N. Lin ends in two N's, which means your memory, whatever you lock onto, is really good. Okay? And then my last name as a maiden name ended in an N. So it means that I have the memory for it and that I pay attention to details and can drive people nuts with the minutia, which when I figured this out, I went, well, of course, that's why I'm a math major and all that minutia. Then both my birth name, my first name, and my last name actually end in an O-N, okay, because Sharon is an O-N, and my maiden last name was an O-N. And the O-N combination says you're practical, you're logical, you're deductive. You go step by step in your reasoning, and you're looking for the patterns. And so if you look at my birth name, I mean, it makes it really obvious to me that, oh, yeah, that's why I'm able to do this, and that's why I was so good in math. And so I feel like each one of us has a gift to offer the world. And mine happens to be patterns. But mine came about because I meditated and combined those insights with the practical, logical brain. And so effort was taken. And it took me 15 years to figure out all the nuances. Effort was taken. We all have gifts. We all have challenges. If you know what your gifts are and you add effort, all of us are stars. There's not a one person's name I've ever looked at that doesn't have a gift to offer the world. Oh, I love that. And there's a lot of listeners out there that, you know, I get emails from, they just really don't understand what their gifts are. What would you say to them right now? I would say for 99 cent, go to the app, get your gifts that are in your first name. <laughs> go go find your gifts. But understand that there's work involved, right? Just knowing the there's gifts work. doesn't mean you're going to be able to do them. It means those are your natural proclivities. That's what you're really good at. That's what you catch on to fastest. And so, like I said, even with mine, if I hadn't put forth effort, I wouldn't have been there. And mine was long, sustained effort. Um, and And so it may take that. But that persistence or that you have a short attention span, all of that's in the name and the gifts correspond. So they're not going to give you a gift that takes a ton of effort if you don't also have the letters to say that you can pursue that and you're willing to be stubborn enough or persistent enough to get it done. So understanding your name can really shortcut the whole process. I think so. And it explains why you do certain things. You know, for an example, let's say you have a D in your name. In the first name, the letter D, like in David or in dog. Okay? Okay, and we have a minute and a that, half left to the show. Okay, that means you need to have clutter around you. Everything can't be too neat or your brain doesn't turn on. So if you understand why you have clutter or piles and everything around you, you stop trying to always beat yourself up because your place isn't always clean. It's like, oh, yeah, I need that. I got it. And you stop judging you. Oh, that's a huge thing. Understanding your name can help you stop judging yourself. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is. And you don't judge others either. You go, oh, those are your challenges. Got it. That's why you do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's so simple when you explain it that way. All right. So, Sharon, Sharon, I want to thank you so much for being on my show today and and everything that you've shared with us. Absolutely my pleasure. Because, you know, once we know a name, we know the person, and it's so much easier to connect with one another. And we really are all here for a purpose and to help each other. Thank you for that, and I hope you enjoy the rest of Mardi Gras. Thanks, I will. <laughs> and, and I know that every bead color has a meaning. 
Um, so I don't know that. Yeah, they do. So like green is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something. Every bead color has a meaning. Green, gold, purple, and everything. So go find that out, and and then find out who's wearing what colors. Right? It probably means something with their name. Um, <laughs> thank you again for being on the show, and everybody remember the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.